Hi and welcome to the fifth episode of Big Idea, a comedy in six parts by yours truly, Nigel Holloway. After the theatre, where they were due to perform Burn Down, the Off the Wall Theatre Company have been persuaded to perform their version of Hamlet as a radio play. Unfortunately, Alistair's casting is causing some tensions within the company. Doris, no one's going to be able to see you. But I think I sound different if I sit more upright, don't you? No. I didn't ask you, Aggie. Everyone knows you're biased. Now, Christine, do you think I sound more regal like this or like this? The second one. There, Aggie. I knew I did. I really think you should get over this petty jealousy. It's so unbecoming for someone of your age. After all, you're no spring chicken, you know. Did you poison her drink like I asked you, Christine? Any minute now, Aggie. There, there, dear. No need to be so aggressive. You can take out your latent aggression on your coconut shells. Or whatever it is you have to use for the horses. Horses? What horses? The horse is pulling my state coach, dear. There are six of them, I think. I don't think we actually specified how many horses the coach had, Doris. I've seen them on the television, dear. There'd be at least six. How are you going to do six horses with only two coconut shells, Aggie? (sighs) And how are you going to do the whinnying? The horses are bound to whinny. I think they'd be very well-behaved horses, which would in fact be completely silent. Oh, I don't really think so. Actually, Your Highness... As we are now completely in fairyland, they would of course be flying horses, and hence would not require any sound effects at all. Unless, of course, they were to crash, killing the occupants of the coach outright, in which case I could do a nice line in excruciatingly blood-curdling screams. Ah, that would be dialogue, dear, so I have to do it. You didn't get the part, you see. Christine... As co-author of this farce, how much would it cost me to have her written out? Oh, you can't do that, dear. I'm the main character. Christine, have you changed the name of this play to Gertrude? Not that I can recall. But there was a period in the middle of last night where we managed to cut so much the running time was down to three minutes. (laughs) Did that involve Hamlet's mother? Um, she was mentioned in passing. That sounds like a much better version of the play to me. Our version has considerably more dialogue, and I have a lot of it. But what about the sex scenes, Doris? What sex scenes? There are at least three of them, as I remember, aren't there, Chris? Yes, we had to cut one. We were running out of variants on, oh yes, yes, oh yes. Oh, I haven't read those parts, Christine. Oh, they're in the latest version, being printed at this very moment. Oh, I'm not sure that I want to act in that sort of scene. Oh, no, Harry's really looking forward to it. He's always had an eye for you, Doris. I think he sees it as his big chance. He's planning extra rehearsals round at his flat. Oh, I didn't know Harry was playing Claudius. Oh, I must have a word with Jack. Harry doesn't know he's playing Claudius either, does he? <laughs> no, he's not, Jack is. <laughs> Nor am 
about the sex scenes. What sex scenes? <laughs> You'd have put some in for me, though. Of course, it would have mm. livened it up a bit. What do you mean? Confidentially. Robert doesn't seem to be the most imaginative author in the world. Mm. He knows how the original works, but he's got trouble viewing it from another angle. How exactly do you mean? Well, once we realised we'd have to have an narrator, that changed everything. You can do anything you like then, you can leave bits out, add new bits in, anything really. But Robert seems to think that you have to have everything that's in the original. And? I'm changing it. Doesn't Robert object? After two sleepless nights, he's so tired and fed up, he doesn't care what I change. What did hell that I suggested a few changes? Oh, why not? Anything to stop it being so turgid. Well, for a start, we yeah. could think about that. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a bit suspicious of that Alistair bloke. He's so bloody cheerful. He seems to enjoy it every time something else goes wrong. It's almost as if he's willing us to make complete tits of ourselves. You're just upset about the way he keeps chatting Sharon up, that's all. She was telling me he suggested that she went up to London with him so that he could introduce her to some friends in the Beeb. Sounds like the casting coach to me. Makes no difference to me, mate. I'm a happily married man. Yeah, could have fooled me. I've seen the way you look at her. Same way you look at her, I suspect. But in my case, entirely innocent. Appreciative, without being lustful. Friendly, but without those pornographic films that play constantly in your head. How do you know about those? You told me when you were drunk. Oh, right. Well, I still see you're jealous. Nonsense. What's he got that I haven't got? Money, good looks, no wine. All right, clever dick. So, I feel protective towards her. Protective like a fox is protective about a sheep. No, I am entirely without guile, Richard. You mistake my motives entirely. So, if you had the opportunity to make a complete fool of him, you'd turn it down. What have I got to do? Ah, see, I told you so. Guys, guys, some late breaking news for you. What now, Alistair? It's Jonathan. What about you? Well, I just ran the hospital. Yes? He's disappeared. What? What? Joking! Disappeared? It's true, he's disappeared into thin air. Uh, Escaped. But that's terrible! And the hospital, we're really worried that he might be coming here. What? Alistair, he's not here! Who, darling? Barney, Hamlet, we can't start till he's here. We only have the studio for two hours, darling. They let us in early as it is, we have to start. But we can't, oh oh, no! Where is he? I've looked around everywhere. I've even rang the neck. He's nowhere to be found. Starting in two minutes, everyone. Where's Robert? Still finishing printing the scripts. Oh, you mean we haven't got the final version yet? Only the first part. Don't worry, he'll be here with the rest. Any news of Jonathan's whereabouts? Haven't you heard? The police are out looking for him. Really? They must be concerned that he may harm himself. I don't think so, Jack. They're more afraid he might try to harm the rest of us. I don't understand. They think that it was Jonathan that tried to burn down the theatre. What? Yes, they think Jonathan is the arsonist. But but why? They think that when he realised that his great masterpiece was turning into a complete catastrophe, he couldn't face the consequences. And in his deluded state, he saw burning down the theatre as the best way to get himself off the hook. You can't be serious. Well, the police certainly are. They told me when I rang the station to try to find Barney. Apparently, Jonathan's armed himself with a fire axe. An axe? They haven't called Barney in to help hunt for Jonathan, have they? We wouldn't have a Hamlet. Doris could play Hamlet, couldn't you, dear? 
She could use her Hercules parrot accent. <laughs> Look, this is serious. Alistair, did you hear all that? Jonathan's armed and dangerous. One minute, folks. Oh, my God. Richard, you'll have to play Hamlet. I can't play Hamlet. I've already played Horatio. And Laertes, if Robert doesn't get here in time. What? But I haven't got the script. What? I've only got the scenes with me in them. Well, you'll just have to improvise. I can't improvise. I don't know the plot. Oh, I've got to get to the loo. Jack, Jack, you'll have to play Hamlet. But I, I'm a ghost. I, I can't talk to myself. Right. Uh, let me think. Aggie. Don't look at me, dear. I've got enough to do with this lot. And me. Doris. Hamlet's a man, isn't he? Of course he's a man. I couldn't possibly play a man. He's your son. Is he? I didn't know that. Oh! Call it off, Jack. Call it off now. Oh, it's very bright in here, isn't it? 30 seconds, everyone. When we get to 10 seconds, I'll count you down. I'll stop at 3, then SFXQ1. And from then on, folks, it's all down to you. Break a leg, everyone. Give them hell. Oh, my God. Jack! What's up? Folks, Q1. That's our sound. Number one on the sheet. You'll just have to improvise. But I haven't got a sheet! Ten! Nine! I haven't got a sheet! Eight! Seven! Yes, you have! Six! Five! Where is it? Four! It's in front of you! And Q! Yes! The craggy battlements of Elsinore Castle. It is a grey, moonless night. Far below, the sea crashes onto the windswept shore. The wind moans ceaselessly among the parapets. It is a night when spirits walk abroad. When spirits drift silently among the wraiths of mist which cling to Elsinore's grey stone walls, one lone spirit searches, searches for his son, yearning for revenge. Hamlet! Hamlet! But his son is not to be found. Again, the ghost cries out in the darkness. Hamlet! The young prince is nowhere to be seen. But who is this? A figure walks the battlements in silence. The moon appears, lighting his face for a moment. It is he, the erstwhile heir to the throne of Denmark, treacherously taken by his father's brother, the faithless Claudius, now proclaimed king of Denmark. Hamlet walks on in silent meditation. The ghost speaks again. Hamlet looks up. He hears the thin voice from beyond the grave. Hamlet! Hamlet, avenge me! So overcome is the youth to hear again the voice of his once-loved parent that he is speechless. Hamlet, avenge me, my loving son! Do you hear me, my son? Hamlet, his eyes filled with tears, can make no reply. Tearfully, he nods his assent. The ghost speaks for the last time. Claudius, my brother has robbed me of my throne, my wife and my love. It 
is your duty to avenge my murder. Do it, my son. Do this last request for your dead father. Avenge me, Hamlet. Avenge me. And so the ghost fades into the night, leaving Hamlet alone to ponder his fate. Meanwhile, deep within the castle, in the royal bedchamber, the queen and her new husband make a learn. Claudius! Yes! 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 That's it! Oh! Yes! Yes! Still wandering the desolate battlements, Hamlet struggles with his conscience. Did he imagine the ghost of his father? Or was the apparition real? And if real, was it sent by God? Or by the devil? The snow has started to fall. Its white innocence convinces Hamlet that the spirit was sent from heaven to spur him into action. He determines to find the truth by confronting Claudius with his crime in the form of a play. But first he must convince everyone that he has descended into madness. In the meantime, Queen Gertrude has decided to leave the castle. She walks alone through the gates, which close behind her. Alone she wanders for hours, contemplating the great wrong she has done her son, Hamlet. Oh, Hamlet! What a grievous wrong I have done you! But the sex of Claudius is so great! Alone, she trudges through the snow. Faint with exhaustion, she finds herself back at the castle. She bangs on the gate. Let me in! Let me in! I'm your queen! But all the courtiers are asleep. No one hears her plaintive cries for help. Help! Help! The storm grows worse. The wind lashes at her sodden clothes. Let me in! Let me in! The thunder roars! Help me! Help me! lizard howls! Let me in, Claudius! Claudius! I'm gagging for it! Meanwhile, in her chamber, Ophelia sits and broods. Ooh! Ooh! Should she obey her father, Polonius? Should she listen to her brother, Laertes? Or should she give in to Hamlet's sexual demands? Should she obey Polonius' strict command to forget all about Prince Hamlet? She can never be his. Except as a whore, a harlot. A sexual plaything submitting to his every Scandinavian perversion. Or should she get her to a nunnery? Hamlet! To be or not to be, that is the question. Get thee to a nunnery! Meanwhile... Queen Gertrude is freezing to death outside the castle gate. Her husband awakes. Where is my queen? Has she not yet returned from her walk? 
I need her life, lustful body, hot and passionate next to mine. Where is she, I say? Where is my right royal lusty strumpet? I will find her for you, my lord. And quickly, or you'll suffer for it. I need her now. My appetite for her is insatiable. At the gates, Gertrude hammers at the door with the last of her strength. Let me in! Please let me in! Ah, at last I am saved! She staggers to her bedchamber. Come here, wife! Perform your conjugal That was the fifth episode of Big Idea, a comedy in six parts performed by the Concept Players Theatre Company. Big Idea is the second in the series of the Off the Wall Plays. For more information about them, visit our website at www.off-the-wall-plays.com .co.uk For more information about the concept players, who they are and what sort of things they do, visit their website at www.concept-players.com And if you want to tell me what you thought of the play, you can contact me at nigel.holloway at xmas-carol.co.uk I look forward to hearing from you.